Hello and welcome to Unforsip's monthly podcast, Out Loud. My name is Ersin Toyjan, and today I'm very excited to welcome two fellow podcasters to the program. Eleni Antonio, who is a writer, blogger and founder of the Greek language podcast Mamamou, and Meltem Burak, who is a media and communications professional and founder of the culture podcast Sesta, which is aired on the trilingual Island Talks podcast station of Cyprus. As we mark International Women's Day this month, we thought it would be great to hear from our very vocal guests who have both participated in programs organized by Alphasip's Civil Affairs section. We will hear about their experiences and the work they do to advocate women and peace. Ladies, welcome to Outloud and thank you for joining me today. Thank you for the invitation. It's an honor. <laughs> You're thank welcome. you very much. Eleni, in preparation for today's podcast, I took a look at your blog and was inspired by the vast number of topics you have covered, from lifestyle choices, pregnancies, births, and the way we raise our children, through to our mental health and physical health. You mentioned that your podcast is about growth, change, and resilience. I'm sure our audience would love to hear about your inspiring journey to advocate women in Cyprus. So can you please share your story and what led you to start your Mama More podcast? Yeah, thank you. What a, a, a lovely question. I love um, talking about how the Mama More podcast came about. So I'm a stay-at-home mom. So I found myself in a very dark and difficult and challenging space when you have three kids and two kids under the age of two you tend to sort of like forget yourself and forget your you know the meaning of why you're here and what you're doing and i've always loved writing and reading but i didn't have time to do that i didn't have the energy to do that i didn't have the bandwidth to do that so podcasts were the only form of information that i could digest and process really and so after a couple of months of listening to podcasts from you know Australia, America, uh, England, uh, women sharing their stories and experiences I just felt the urge and the need to do something similar for um, the community here in Cyprus. I felt that many women and mothers weren't didn't have a space really or a platform to express themselves. I literally just put all my energy into finding a way to create a platform and a space for women to speak freely about their experiences. And so I walked into a, a sound shop with my baby on my hip and I was like, I want to buy two microphones. And the guy looked at me and he was like, what are you going to do with two microphones? I just, I figured out a way to record on my phone. I had a small budget for a mobile interview kit. So that's what I, I bought. And it was a very serious decision for me at the time. And I started my podcast in my car. That was my studio. So I would wow, go, that's interesting. <laughs> I would go and I would pick up my guests and we would go and park somewhere quietly and we would have a discussion in the car and I would record on the on my mobile and then I taught myself how to edit, I taught myself how to produce. I did everything, script writing everything, keeping in mind that I had three kids at home as well. So my time was very limited and the the way that it was um, received and accepted and appreciated was just astonishing I, I just i had no idea 
that people would love it that much and that women would just send me messages and say thank you finally there's someone speaking our truth and giving us a platform and a space where we can confide and say you know what life is like for mothers in Cyprus. Yeah so interesting and inspiring that you could provide such a platform and I think women that's what they appreciate being you know given the opportunity to share their stories on a, a, a platform like you've, you've just mentioned. Well done. Thank um, you. Meltem, the Trilingual Island Talks podcast station of Cyprus is a platform for Cypriot podcasters who host a variety of podcasts relating to Cyprus, the economy, politics, culture, and many more topics. This is where Meltem airs her SESTA podcast. So Meltem, can you tell us about SESTA and give us a little more information about the Island Talks podcast station in Cyprus? Sure, Ersin. Thank you very much for the question. And again, thank you very much for inviting me here today. I am really honored to be among empowered women like you and like Eleni. So how did SESTA begin? Well, <laughs> I graduated in um, July 2020. Wow, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> It was a complicated time because Corona, and the vaccination was not yet available and I studied arts and culture with a specialization in politics and society and on top of that corona made it extremely difficult. I was suffering with unemployment and um, it, it, it was really difficult. I decided to use this time to you know realize a long-awaited dream and that was basically starting a culture podcast because I loved listening to podcasts before. I mean, while I was writing my master thesis, I was always listening to podcasts of all sorts, particularly from BBC, but also other channels. And I was like, yeah, I, I also want to start my own culture podcast because I'm really enthusiastic about culture. I want to talk about this. It took me a year to actually realize this because I was always hesitating. I was always like, what if I say something and it would trigger online hate? You know, I don't want to be uh, the target of any of the online abuse that we see a lot of women, women are going through. But after one year, finally, in June 2021, realized my dream and started my extremely amateur culture <laughs> podcast called Meltem's Culture Club. And there I made four programs. It was about literature, society, film reviews, etc., etc. Couple of months later, I receive a message from Kemal Baikalı, who is the coordinator of Island Talks. And he says, would you like to collaborate? And that happens in December 2021. And to be very precise, 3rd of December 2021, it's really the date which changed all my life. You know, being a part of Island Talks is just amazing. And I really love the station and I really value the work they do for Cyprus. We have a lot of podcasters and they are all knowledgeable They're all knowledgeable people and they all work tirelessly to contribute to the establishment of a culture of peace in Cyprus. So I'm just really, really proud to be part of that family. Yeah, and you're all doing such a fantastic job. I've, I've looked through some of the podcasts there and I would recommend to our um, listeners to actually go into um, Island Talks and, you know, listen to a few of the podcasts there. My next question is like, For both of you, or all of us really, as podcasters, is I'm curious to know 
Did you experience any challenges as women setting up your podcast? For me, the challenges were more trying to fit it into the mothering schedule that I had. It's a 24 hour job. So for me, it was trying to find the time and energy to actually do this. That was just something that I wanted to do. It had nothing to do with the kids. It had nothing to do with my with my mothering duties. You know, I would have to wait for my husband to get home so he could stay with the kids so I could go out and do my interviews. And also the fact that you're a woman and you're stepping into an arena that is male dominated because it is. I mean, I don't know about other parts of Europe or the world, but in Cyprus, the majority are men behind microphones. I was, I mean, I started the podcast in November of 2019 and I was the first female podcaster to do that. So I also felt that I had that responsibility as well. And there's so much that you want to do and you just don't have the time to do it. So for me, that's always been a challenge. Even now that I've opened my own studio, I've time that I can spend on my podcast is limited to the time that the kids are at school. I do three shifts. It's like in the morning, I'm a working mother and then I'm a mother. And then, you know, at night you're a wife or a sister or a daughter. So trying to shift from one identity to the other and from one responsibility to the other, I find it challenging. And I, I, I think that that's something that a lot of working mothers find challenging, whether it's podcasting or whatever else. Yeah, I think in our daily lives as mothers um, and having to work and support a family and going out to work and juggling that home and um, working environment can't be easy. And it isn't easy for us as women. And also... yeah, the guilt as well, Ersin, that you, you, you feel, you know, you know your, your kid didn't do well at his spelling test. Maybe if I didn't do that and I was with my child doing his spelling test, he would have done better. The kids sometimes say to me, Mom, since you opened the studio, you're a lot more busy. Um, you don't have time for us. Obviously, they don't mean to hurt me, but for them, that's just how they see it. Um, Mum mm-hmm. is a very, very real real thing and it can be debilitating for a lot of women. Meltem, mm-hmm. what about you? What would you say? Um, well, Elsin, can I uh, first of all please comment on what Eleni said because this is something that I, I, I mean I'm talking about this with all the women. I'm not a mother myself. I'm a proudly single woman and I love being single. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> but Eleni, can I tell you something? I mean, this has been such a big process in my life because as women, we always learn to be wives, to be, you know, mothers. We cannot be Eleni, we cannot be Ersin, we cannot be Meltem. We have to always comply with the duty that's imposed on us by the society. To and serve, God forbid, to serve if you're masters. a single. Yeah, exactly. God forbid, if you're single, you are no matter what your qualifications are you are a failed case if you're single but that's not true single ladies if you're listening to this first of all but second of all like it's just so fantastic for me it's really inspiring to hear that you you know you 
and it's lovely to be a mother, it's fantastic, but you are doing something for yourself, for your ambition, as Eleni, it's, it's so valuable. And it's still so sad in a certain way that in our contemporary society, we're a European country, it's the 21st century, you are still feeling guilty that you are doing something for yourself, that you still have to choose between your mothering responsibility and being yourself, that it's most of the time women who have to go through that decision. I think it's unfair and I think it's so painful. So that, that's a social question which I'm really But what you know, I wanted thinking. to add to that, Melton, mm -hmm. is that can you see that either way we can never win. I mean, exactly. I, I'm already yes. doing what society told me to do. I'm married, I've had kids, I'm an active member of society, and yet I am still made to feel bad about my decisions and what it is that I do. And then you, as a single person, no kids, again, you are made to feel guilty for the decisions and what it is that you do. You can never win. And I think once women and younger women and girls realize that whoever it is that's judging you, you can never satisfy them. That is the moment I feel when you feel empowered and you feel that you can do whatever it is that you want to do because you're not going to win anyway and you're not they're not going to favor you anyway no you matter how please, boxes, yeah exactly. you can't win you can't please everyone so i think you need to do what is best for you in in your situation and regardless of your environment or your you know commitments mm -hmm. you do what you feel is best to do yeah. and I think like when we're looking at the podcasts like how do you decide each uh, topic that you're going to discuss like do you keep the gender consideration in mind or is it more focused on the themes that you want to discuss is that me or from Mel oh, yeah both of yeah. you both of well you. um the thing is to be honest Ersin, and also to respond to your previous question I haven't particularly been through difficulties when I started this pod podcast by the virtue of the fact that I was a woman. I mean, I had to, <laughs> in my life, I've been through a lot of difficulties, particularly in my professional life because I was a woman, but not in this case. And I think there are, from my case, many different reasons behind this. I haven't made my research, so I cannot, uh, you know, tell you the reasons why I haven't received those, why I haven't been through those particular difficulties. But um, what I can tell you, and that's the answer to your current question, is that, um, you know, this program is... I'm not taking gender into consideration when I'm inviting my interviewees. Although we have made two programs really relating to women's rights and women's empowerment. The first one was, was with the human rights lawyer Fezile Osum. It was about abortion and the program was meant to show solidarity. It, it took place last summer and it was meant to show solidarity with women in the US who lost their abortion rights. And the second program, which was about women's rights, was in December 2022. That was with Naya, Naya Takushi Karakosta, who is an actor. We did a program about female self-disposition and female pleasure. And that was the one of the most fun programs that I ever did. <laughs> Hello, Naya, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> we love Naya, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. And um, so gender but overall gender is not a perspective that i'm thinking 
but gender is there because my program is very intersectional. So gender mm -hmm. is one of the things that I'm tackling, but gender is not my basis, let's say it that way. But most importantly, how gender comes into play in my program is that this program is made by a woman. You can hear it. It represents mm -hmm. a woman's perspective and it is a very female program. And the reason why I'm saying this is because the program, in my humble opinion, is an antagonism for patriarchy. And the reason behind this is because what I aim to do at my program, what I do at my program, is that I always invite my interviewees to be vulnerable, to show me their emotions, to show me their vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. I give a lot of value to that. You know, no matter what they do, if they're artists, if they're intellectuals, if they're politicians, doesn't matter. I encourage them to share their vulnerabilities with me. Now, patriarchy doesn't like that, right? If you, mm -hmm. in, a, in a patriarchal system, you have to be strong and um, you have to, you know, hide your emotions and hide your vulnerabilities. Well, that's but what I, I think, do. Yeah, I think that's interesting because just because you're showing your emotions doesn't mean that you're weak. Actually, I believe that showing your emotions shows how strong you are. Exactly. So that's yeah. why my program is very, it's done by a woman, it's produced by a woman, it's presented by a woman, but gender is not the main concern of the program, although it's one of the things that I, will, I would like to tackle because I would like to help empower women. Thank you, Miltem. Eleni, would you like to add to that? Yeah, gender. Um, obviously, it definitely did matter a lot. In the beginning, when I started the podcast, it was just female guests, not necessarily mothers, but women. Because as I said earlier, I felt the need to give a space to these people to be able to express themselves and talk about their experiences. But slowly down the line, I did, as a mother, I did realize that somewhere we are, what Meltem said right now, uh, the patriarchy affects not just us, it affects men as well. It doesn't allow them to express their vulnerabilities. It doesn't allow them to be sensitive. It doesn't allow them to be humans. And as a mother of boys, that really got to me it really affected me and i see it i see it in my boys that they have this macho look and body language mm -hmm. about them and you know you look at them and you're wondering i didn't teach you that you are not seeing that anywhere in this environment so what's going on and you know that it's the messages that are getting that they're getting from from culture from movies from relatives so i started bringing into the conversation men um but also conversations about men and how we are raising our boys and what we need to be aware about when it comes to them and their experiences and how they're showing up in the world um, and, and and one of the things that i do especially with my 12 year old is just constant conversations with him about everything and anything no matter how uncomfortable it is sex education whether it's the uh, you know melton mentioned the abortions earlier there was such an uproar about this and I could have chosen to shield my son away from that conversation or bring him into it and start making him aware of what's going on in the world and how he can show up and support 
the people, the women that are being affected by this. So for me, gender does matter. I am trying to break some really extreme stereotypes that we have in Cyprus because we we do have them on top of if you look at it from the top it's like oh okay so everyone's equal you know women get to vote now and they can have an abortion although that's not true you have to have money and a certain status to be able to have an abortion safely the underneath things are not they're not changing as quickly as we would like them to and it's not affecting just us as women or young girls it's affecting young boys as well so i think it's so important and as a mother what you're doing with your son and teaching him i think as mothers it does start from what we teach our children at home and how we're bringing up those boys what we're showing them what we're teaching them and that plays an important role so Thank you for that. Now, um, I think we've gone through most of those questions that I wanted to ask, but I know both of you have participated in workshops organised by Unforsip Civil Affairs Section. Melton, I believe you participated in the Peace Building in Divided Societies programme last year. What was that like? And moreover, has it been beneficial to you to take, away, take on what you gained from the experience to the podcast or in other areas? Yeah, thank you again for the question, Essin. It was a lovely workshop. Professor Gregorian was invited to speak and he's a very knowledgeable person and I certainly benefited greatly from his knowledge. I am actually using what I've learned from that workshop in my professional life. And not necessarily as a podcaster, but I'm also a teacher here in Maastricht at Maastricht School of European Studies, which is part of the Zeit University. And there I'm actually giving, uh, I'm actually incorporating what I've learned at negotiation skills to my courses because I'm teaching my students a lot of policy and politics as well. In that sense, it has been great to learn about, to learn directly from such a wise person who has an immense knowledge about negotiations and the audience was also like they were really curious and they participated they were creative so uh, i participated to the workshop in 2021 it was back then online i saw this year that it was actually on site but despite that it was online it was a fantastic experience so thank you for organizing the workshop and i look forward to participating to future workshops in the future and i also would like to add that i'm also making use of that workshop in my everyday life as well because negotiations is not only at, at the at the politics table or something like that negotiations is part of it our everyday life if you have an idea you have to communicate you have to negotiate and you know it requires certain subtleties so i'm also using what i learned from that workshop in my everyday life as well so thank you again <laughs> oh thank you for participating i'm so pleased that it was useful eleni you joined the mindfulness leadership training last year my question is similar to what I asked Meltem. What was it like and do you get to use the skills you learned in your podcast or other aspects of your life? You know, when I when I started um, the training, when I agreed to the training, Magda Zenon was the one who contacted me and I was home with COVID at the time. It was the first time I got COVID. 
And I always say no to these things because as I mentioned previously, mummy duties, you know, you, you just don't know what's gonna happen. So how can I commit to something that is especially at a specific time of the day where you know it's bedtime bath time dinner time how am i going to do this the fact that that it was online was one of the reasons why i said yes to it because it meant that i could be home and still have them in another room uh, very thankful that i have a partner who steps up when i need him to so I, i don't remember how many hours the training was it was quite intense though and i was able to do it from the comfort of my home in front of my laptop so that was one of the reasons why i agreed to do it the fact that there was breath work mindfulness and UN and leadership and all these words in one sentence you know how could you say no to that it just <laughs> it just sounded so original and so different um that I was really anxious to um try it out and see see what it is for me one of the biggest takeaways from the training was learning about women from the Turkish Cypriot community seeing their faces listening to their stories getting to know them which is something that you know when you've grown up in Cyprus and in a Greek Cypriot orthodox family and environment you tend to miss some important messages and you tend to get a lot of other messages so literally during that training I was unlearning not just learning but unlearning so much so much mm-hmm. and l- looking at those women's faces those mothers faces and thinking you're just like you're in the same country that I am yeah I don't know you I can't reach you I've never heard of you I don't know what your experiences are like it was just such an eye opener and I remember you know we would finish the training and I would have to sit down and actually process all the new information that I was receiving and we took it one step further we had a project to complete by the end of this and we had to choose what it was that we wanted to do and i knew from the start immediately that i wanted to do a podcast with turkish cypriot women and greek cypriot women on the same table discussing and and we managed to do that and we got it on video as well i was working at another studio at the time so we did a podcast called mothers for peace and it was two turkish cypriot women uh myself and another greek cypriot women and we brought to the table all the myths all the lies all the truth everything that we had learned and it was shocking but also such a relief to realize that we had such similar feeling yeah. about the situation mm-hmm. and 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 how we were raising our kids and one of the main questions that we were there to answer which obviously is very difficult to answer is the fact that you know we were we were raising boys all of us are raising boys and i got the question and my turkish cypriot friend got the question from our boys what if there was to be a war tomorrow would i have to go and fight and kill my friend and we were there you know as mothers representing these kids that 
do not want to kill each other. They do not want to go to war. They are friends. They are teaching. I mean, my, you know, telling me 10 years ago that my kids would have Turkish Cypriot friends, I would be like, what? How, that, no, that what? <laughs> How is that going to happen? And yet here we are, and we are learning so much from them. So together with the experiences of my kids, and the experiences that I gained through that workshop and through that training was just, it, it just launched me into a whole different perspective. And you know, the, the mindfulness and the breath work is something that I definitely knew that I needed. And it, what I did get from that training was that I need to fill my cup too. I need to look after myself too. If I'm going to be a leader, whether it's a, the leader of my family or the leader of a community or my social media, I need to be able to rest, to breathe, to be still enough to deal with the challenges that we that we have to 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 deal with. Um, and so, taking time to slow down and also to listen—that was one of mm -hmm. the biggest things that I learned. Just sitting back yeah. and listening to what the other person has to say. I mean, thanks for that, Eleni. I think that what I've taken from what you've said, basically, you know, we're talking about when you mentioned you had COVID, for example, and now we're having online training sessions. And through these online training sessions, you've been able to reach out to Turkish Cypriots from the north and the same for Turkish Cypriots reaching out for Greek Cypriots. We're doing all of this training online. But mm -hmm. don't you think that it's like strange that, yes, we can do all this online training now and people really are getting together online, but we just live across the road from each other. It's mad. I could, do, 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 it's mad. do you see, it's just like, I could just go over and have a coffee with you and have a, a social get together with you. But we're going through the online training, which is of course great, but yeah. I think we need to move to then meeting each other in person and sharing these experiences as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, I, it's, 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 I said it's mad, but it's also sad as well. It's incredibly sad that we don't have the opportunity to do this, but at the same time, there's so much work being done by bicommunal groups, by mm -hmm. groups especially, that it just gives me so much hope, Asin. It really does. That there, and 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 it's a shame that you know this isn't portrayed as much in mass in the mass media, but it is happening. It's happening. Mm -hmm. We are there and we're doing it. And I'm hoping that at some point all this work will come to the forefront and it will be evident and in yeah. your face there it is this is what we've been doing this is what we've been talking about all this time so yeah we're starting off with the online podcasts and the online trainings and the online communications and creating these platforms which is absolutely fantastic because your experience just goes to show mm. so we're gradually moving, I think, in the right direction. To, we are. We know. have to. We have to be hopeful. Milton, would you like to add anything? Yes, um, I'm also really inspired to listen to Eleni, and I also agree that we have to be hopeful. And there are a lot of people doing a lot of great things. You know, mm -hmm. I, I've talked to people during COVID, and it was really a time in which everybody was like 
what are we going to do? You know, the borders were closed and people were confused and yet people kept on being creative. And mm -hmm. I have to say, despite that, I also prefer, you know, to have a real conversation with a person, uh, you know, along a nice cup of coffee. I also have to say that the, the fact that we had a lot of online tools back then facilitated people's communication and it really helped people to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. So um, at that, in that sense, I think COVID has been really difficult, particularly but it also paved the way for a lot of creativity. And this is what I'm constantly observing in Cyprus, that there are a lot of problems, political, social, cultural, but some people, despite all the social, cultural, political obstacles in Cyprus, I still see a lot of people are motivated, that they're still engaged, and that they still do amazing things for the construction of a culture of peace in the island. Because we always also have to remember that peace is never a political treaty. It's not a top-down process. Real peace starts when people start interacting with each other. And in our case, maybe sometimes it starts online. This was mm -hmm. also my case when I participate to the workshop. I'm hearing that this was Eleni's case, but it certainly evolves into an in-person uh, you know, stage, which really does have a positive impact Mm -hmm. in the overall peace process. It's breaking down... I totally down, agree. Yeah, it's breaking down barriers and sort of like cementing relationships. So, you know, the women that I met during my training, you know, we're friends. We communicate, we send each other messages. It's sort of like it's helped to establish that and that's not something that's going to go away. Yeah. yeah, and I think as busy women and mothers, you know, finding the time to actually meet in person can be difficult as well. And to keep in contact through online uh, meetings or trainings is also really good to continue that relationship. I can already tell that I'm going to chase after Eleni after this show. <laughs> <laughs> Please, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and finally, do you have any words of encouragement for women who are thinking of setting up their own podcasts? Any ideas you'd like to see discussed more amongst Cypriots? For both of you, who would like to go first? Eleni? It's not easy being a woman who expresses some opinions or facts according to her lived experience, especially when you have the exposure. Because a lot of people just either don't like women's voices or they just don't like <laughs> watching women express themselves and talk about their feelings because um, and their experiences. Because obviously it's not something that we're used to seeing. And I think, Meltem, you mentioned earlier online abuse and being attacked. Um, I've had that. I've, I've, I've experienced that. Um, not through my own podcast because my podcast is just audio. I made sure not to expose myself too much um, via video and YouTube where a lot of trolling and a lot of horrible comments uh, can occur. Um, so I've experienced online abuse. I've had comments like go back to your kitchen, shut up, we don't care, you know, mental load, what mental load? Do you want to get paid to put on a dishwasher or a washing machine? And it's difficult, it's not easy. And so 
when someone asks me uh, that question, I always make sure that they are fully aware of the the kind of vitriol, the kind of attack that they will receive because it's almost always guaranteed. No one likes a woman saying things that she shouldn't be saying, whether it's reproductive rights, whether it's racism, sexism, misogyny, whatever it is, it always they always tend to receive it as an attack on themselves. So finding a way to communicate and feeling grounded in your decisions and your beliefs, it's really important. It really, really is important. So for me, even though I knew that there would be some level of exposure, Cyprus is a very small community, a very small country. Everyone knows everyone. I still wanted to find a way to uh, wade through this mud without getting affected um, too much. So focus, just focus on what it is that you believe, on the message that you want to get out there, on what you wanted to know 10, 20 years ago that you wish someone would have told you. And just keep that in mind when you're moving forward. And as I, as we both said earlier with Melton, you can never win anyway. If you think you're going to keep everyone satisfied and everyone happy and your words are going to get through to everyone and you're going to change the course of history, no, it might not happen that way. But you, 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 you need to remain focused and you need to, you need to know your why. Why am I doing this? Why do I feel so passionate about this? And find your own way of doing it. Thank you, Eleni. Milton, would you like to add anything to that? Uh, yes, first of all, I'd like to thank Eleni because I really appreciate the work of courageous women like you. You are deconstructing patriarchy. You are deconstructing inequality. And this is, a ver- this is part of a very immense cultural process. So women like you, they're extremely valuable for the society, for the world overall, because even though you're based in Cyprus, your your work never stays in Cyprus. It also, I'm pretty convinced that someone else listens to that somewhere and it also has a positive impact on them. And they're also triggered to do something about the topics that concern you. I'm pretty pretty convinced about it. Thank you, ma'am, thank you. And like you said, I mean, it's it's never enough because like, you know, we're either too ugly, too beautiful, too ambitious, too lazy, too old, too young. So we always have to go through this as women. And exactly like you said before, the moment we can ignore that, even though it's difficult and I have to conf- confess that I'm not there yet in my own life. But the moment we can really do that, we could be empowered. And I really believe in that empowered women empower women so we have to keep on going now the advice what i could give to women who would like to start there who would like to start a podcast if you have an idea doesn't matter just do it do it don't wait don't overthink do it go buy a microphone and do it and you will it if you're really passionate about it if you can answer the questions like which eleni said Why am I doing this? Why am I really passionate about it? If you have a genuine answer to these questions, you will be successful. Somebody else will hear you and you will inspire these people. Maybe it won't be 
thousand people, million people at once, but somebody will hear you. Somebody will share your concerns. Somebody will be inspired. And that's what it, what it is about. Now, a topic which I would like to see elaborated in Cyprus, sustainability. We don't talk enough about this. We have to elaborate more on climate change, environment. And if I may, Ersin, again, if you are listening to this podcast and if you're reading and writing and researching about ecofeminism, please reach out. I am searching for someone who is working on ecofeminism. So these topics, we have to elaborate them. I mean, every year we have wildfires. We have huge pollution yeah. in our seas. We're not talking about these. And what I, I love Cyprus and I'm really, I really enjoyed living in my island and who knows, maybe I'll go there one day again. That's destiny. But one thing which I really don't like about Cyprus is that we always blame third parties. <laughs> if there are white fire, if there are wild wildfires in the island, it's the it's the fault of third parties. You know, we never stop and think back. Okay, what have we done for climate change? So I would like to see these topics discussed, and I hope some women, some brave women like Eleni, like you, will start talking about these topics very soon. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Meltem. And thank you, Eleni. It's been such a pleasure having you both on the program. And I'm sure that our listeners also enjoyed the conversation. That brings us to the end of this edition of our Out Loud podcast. Until next time, stay safe.